got the infamous Michigan legend himself, Mo Wagner. I, I feel like you're not accepting of that uh, that title. <laughs> I've never been introduced like that. I appreciate it though. <laughs> no, I mean you got you have made a name for yourself. That that is for damn sure. Like, I, I mean, it. in the last 10, 15 years, I you you got to be up there, even with all the great talent. Like your name's got to you know. Ring we had a good, we had, we had a good, we had a good couple of teams. We had a good generation there. Uh, we had a good group. That was a little, that was a fun ride for sure. Yeah, no, it was fun as hell to watch. We'll get into that a little bit later. I want to start off asking you about your summer, your first time playing in the Olympics. Uh, that that entire experience, you, you average eleven. Uh, you know the qualifying game, you had twenty eight to the qualifying championship game against Brazil, twenty eight. You're going to the Olympics, feeling good, like. How are those expectations growing up watching the Olympics and Olympic basketball, you know, watching Dirk and you go in and now it's like no fans and you're in lockdown and it's like all these restrictions. Like what was expectations versus reality for you with the Olympics? Uh, that's a good question. So for me, the, the thing with the Olympics is like that there's so much luck involved or so many pieces have to fall apart for you to in place for you to like actually participate. And I don't even mean like you have to be good. I mean, that's a given, but it's, it's all for every, only all, every four years. So the fact that you don't, I don't know that you have time that summer and that you're healthy and that the team is qualified, like everything has to fall apart in place for you kind of to join. So it's like a dream that's so far away. And for us, it wasn't really like, it was kind of a long shot. We went there with the expectation just to have fun because it was a good group to qualify. And then we actually qualified and none of us really expected that or never really thought about it, to be honest with you. So um, it was, it was really cool. Like I don't, I didn't even let the Corona thing get to me just because it was such a unique experience in general that it didn't really bother me as much. I don't even want to think about how it would be with all the people there, but yeah, um, it was so much fun that um, I really enjoyed my time there. Yeah, no, I mean, it's, I played in some games, uh, you know, with no fans. Sometimes it, it can be even more fun and like intense. Uh, like you really like yeah. hone in on the other team. And I, I don't know how your experience was with, with, with all of that, but it can be, I mean, you, you've had it with the bubble, and with the Olympics now, like, is it, are you looking forward to having fans back in the stands or did you enjoy, you know, playing in sort of empty gym and just having everything about basketball? Well, that's okay. Regardless of the fans or not, but like, that's the most beautiful thing about the Olympics to me was that everybody was kind of the same. Like what happens in America often is that the intention kind of shifts from the sport to the accolades and what comes with it like for example sleeping in a nice hotel driving a nice car having nice watches all that stuff kind of shifts in the in the in the front sometimes whereas at the olympics everybody slept on paper beds uh in small ass dorm rooms and it was just about being together and competing on a very high level and it was something very beautiful to be part of honestly because it it kind of negates um any everything like where people are from it just brings everybody together and we just compete and I really enjoyed that about the Olympics and then obviously yeah there is something to say about I mean we we stayed at a couple games afterwards the one thing that really hurt because of corona was we couldn't go to any other competition 
Mm-hmm. So I couldn't like watch the swimming team or other, yeah, other other sports. But we we were watching like teams, basketball teams, like the USA, for example, play against uh, Czech Republic. Or we we went to watch a couple games of them, and it's just so cool to be there, like first rows, seeing them compete, and you hear everybody scream, hear the coaches yell. Like it's just such a pure experience that yeah. um, there's a lot of fun with that. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, no, I can imagine. Now you were drafted in 18, uh, 25th pick yeah. to the Lakers. You've, I don't want to use the term bouncing around, but you've, you've been moved around a little bit, waved by the Celtics. Pretty accurate. <laughs> Pretty accurate. Picked up now by the Magic and you're there. And you talked about this a little bit on uh, the long shot with, with Duncan and how – you've sort of matured in your mindset and your, your journey to like find peace almost. And that was interesting to me, like the, some of the words you use, like, have you, have you looked into, have you read like Buddhist books, like uh, psychology books? <laughs> have you seen a therapist? Like the, the verbiage, you, the words you use made me feel like it's been like a real active journey for you to sort of find peace and, and make some next for steps sure. in your, in your career. Um, I wouldn't say I've, I definitely, I'm not a big reader. I haven't really, I, I've, I've done that. Um, I've, I've went that route and what I've experienced with that is, and I do meditate and do that stuff, but what I did did experience with that, that it was another thing that I had to focus on. So like, like, so I had to focus. It was another thing that I had to do that it took freedom away again. So I, for me, it was more like a, okay, now I see it as an opportunity. If I want to meditate or if I want to do these things, I can, but I don't have to do them every day in order to feel better. Right. So um, I don't know. It's just going through all this stuff. Like I just, uh, I did have some help too, or it helps talking to people about it. I wouldn't necessarily call it therapy, but like sports performance training that I do, it does help me a lot. But I think the most just comes off, out of like conversation experience and really like also actively trying to to work on your mental somehow or like trying to yeah it's, it's hard to explain like you can't really put a finger on it but like to be aware of your mental I should say yeah. you know that's something um that that's that's big for me to like realize what what happens to me when I meditate like well, how can I utilize that during a game um how can I yeah yeah, uh, mental health, you know, it's, it's something that you learn is something you have to be very present for. And every day can be a different journey in of itself. Uh, you know, was there a moment for you in your journey, kind of moving team to team, where you learned that? Well, like there was a sort of inflection point, like an aha moment. You're like, oh, okay, I got to really work on my mental state. Uh, you know, this isn't going to become easy. And like when you started really uh, approaching that side of things. Um, I've always been very interested in it. Um, my, my dad is a psychologist. So hmm. I've kind of always yeah. been in touch with that, that type of type of theme, you know? Um, so it always interested me. And then when I got to the MBA, it was, you, you kind of get from, you go from college in a very regulated environment with a lot of social contexts and all your friends around you and a very predetermined schedule for you. So you're basically busy all day to the MBA environment where you're basically by yourself. Hmm. 
um, go to work from nine to two, and then you have most of the day for yourself. And I have to figure it out as a young kid in Los Angeles. So being used to like being around a lot of people, I felt very lonely. Um, and then I didn't play much and the professional life didn't work out well. And I had that affect my state of mind and my, my emotional state. So those are things where I, I started realizing, okay, that the mental part is very important, um, especially when the season is that long uh, with 82 games. And um, yeah, I've, I've kind of always been interested in it. And then it kind of clicked. Uh, when I got waived last year, I, I just, I don't know. I just realized, okay, the body will always work. It's the mental part that that's important. And the biggest thing for me was like, if I figure out myself, I'm good because I'm the only guy that I have to take care of, you know, like I'm, yeah. that's who I am around all the time. It's myself. So if I figure myself out, I'm, I'm Gucci, like the, the rest doesn't matter. So that's where I really understood. Okay. Being at peace with yourself is very, very important, regardless of the circumstances. And I actively work on that for sure. You just been getting psychology lessons your whole life, huh? Um, dude, like it sucks when your dad, like, he has this look on your eyes, and like you, you start to have your first girl problems and puberty, and this dude, like, knows it, it immediately what's going on, mm -hmm. and like asks you questions, like, what's going on? Do you have a girlfriend? And it's, it's so annoying, dude. Like, you just want to leave me alone, man. Does he like keep arms distance, like, because he knows like it's different for his kids, or there's like been some important things that he's uh, bestowed upon you and your, your no, life? he's he's been good with it, uh, obviously. He's a different guy. In order to be a good psych psychologist, I think you, you just, you live it. I think you're pretty good at it, like, generally. But uh, he, he also is a very good dad. So I think he knows how to separate the two, for sure. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. That's got to be an interesting life, for sure. But it's nice, you know, you always got that on the line. Like, I can call that one whenever. No, no 100%. He's always there if he needs some, for sure. Yeah. And it, on that point with you and your, and your journey, like, you, you always seem to be ready and you maybe not be getting the minutes that you want or the shots or the opportunities that you want but like you've had some incredible performances coming off the bench in the nba you know we talked about in the in the brazil game um the, in the uh, qualifying tournament championship that was coming off the bench like you're always you're always there and ready to go and that is something that is so hard to teach like you, you feel like you're on the brink right there uh, like you're, you're about ready to, to, to bust out and, and show yourself or you know, how is your mindset right there? Like when everything is not going well, but you're always ready to perform. Well, it's, it's always like the, yeah, it's the mentality they go into with. Like, I don't know. I, am I always, my thing has always been figuring it out. You know, like coach Bidon would always say that actually in college. Like I said, I remember we were talking about redshirting me in the beginning. I'm like, no, I don't want to redshirt. It's okay. You're probably not going to play much. And I said, I'll, we'll see. Like, I'll figure it out. So, and I didn't play much, but I figured it out. You know, I, it got me better. I grew from that. And it's the same way here. Like with the national team, I came from the bench, off the bench. And somehow, like, it's a different role. And you kind of got to fill that to the best of your – because guess what? You either, Like, I always think this. Do I want to be right or do I want to play? That's like <laughs> yeah. the two – you know what I mean? Like, at the end of that's what it comes down to. Like, do I want to be right or do I want to play? And uh, I don't really care about being right. I just want to hoop. So I, if I, in Washington, D.C., my role was more like screening for Bradley Beal X amount of times. I'll do yep. that. 
all day if you need me to do that. I don't care. I just want to be on the floor and have fun. So you kind of got to find out ways. Everybody's different, you know, and you got to kind of find ways to make yourself valuable. And um, I also understand what's important. That's that you're out there and having fun. Yeah, no, exactly. I had, I am a person that uh, really loves to be right. So when I got to college and with the line, it was like, damn, I really want to play a freshman year. And I really got to just swallow all of my opinions and thoughts and what I have going on. Cause I just want to play and it ended up working out, but it's, it is not easy, especially in that college format. Oh my God. Because he, and I'll tell you this, I did not swallow whatever I was thinking. I said it straight up because I didn't know yet. So we, we bumped heads a couple of times, but it's all good, man. We, we're cool now. <laughs> oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, if you can see this, this is one of his quotes, I think, during one of our practice. I can't remember the exact story. Novak knows it, but, like, there's always some, some head bumping going on there. I'm, I, I remember sure. one time he, uh, I did something stupid in, in practice, and I'm, like, a junior, and I'm an econ major. And I, you know, I told him I had this test plan, this, this calc test, and I couldn't come to some workout or something. So we get to practice later and I do something stupid in practice. He's like, didn't you have a calc test today? Like, wh- why are you being so dumb? And under my breath to, uh, there's actually my freshman year too, our captain CJ, I was like, yeah, and I failed it. <laughs> I was like, I'm yeah. really not all that smart, I guess. I should really just keep swallowing my pride and just listen to whatever he's saying. No one ever said, or let him talk. Just let him talk. Oh let yeah. Over it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. What, uh, what's some, what's, give me a good, like uh back talk moment that you just kind of, you blurted something out to beeline and you're like, oh, shit, I probably shouldn't have said that. Well, okay. I, I mean, I like millions of these, but sure. the, the general, the, the general, the best story about this was my freshman year when I kind of played the German card sometimes that I acted like I didn't understand him. And he like caught on to that. Yeah. But then there was one situation where I actually, I remember this actually. Um, I actually did not understand what he was saying like acoustically though like it wasn't like a German thing I just did not understand what he was saying and he said something he said it twice and I looked at him weird like my expressions are terrible I, I, <laughs> everybody who knows me I'm awful at expressions like though that's a meme I'm a walking meme basically and uh, this dude I look at him must have looked at him weird because I didn't understand it and he had me run up and down tw- the, 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 the Chrysler steps steps twice twice he was pissed yeah, he was pissed at me because I like he thought I was he thought I was telling him that he's wrong, basically was my reaction, which yeah. wasn't true in that moment. But it's I guess it's like when you flop a lot and then it's actually an offensive foul, the rest won't believe you. So that's kind of that was <laughs> that was kind of the deal. And then he yeah, I don't know, he used to do this probably with you guys too, but like Every time we would drive to the airport, we would take one of the players in his car to kind of have a relationship bonding kind of experience, oh, that, that you know? Okay. Yeah, and that was me that day. So I, I was allowed to sit in his car <laughs> and drive to the airport with him. And we had a conversation about it and talked about it. It was all good. But I, it was just so funny because he thought he caught up. He caught on to the German thing. Yeah. Like, at first, I struggled a little bit with, you know, with... Uh, with understanding things. So um, I played that card sometimes. Even I would understand him. I bought myself time by acting like I didn't. So yeah, smart. He caught on that. He caught on that. He caught up on that quick, though. I'm not going to say. I'm yeah, you got to use it up while you can. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It was it was funny watching him. Obviously, the 2013 Final Four team was much better than, than my teams. But 
watching him kind of relax and progress, uh, you know, coaching players. And I think I remember one time Jordan Poole was like, getting with some back talk in the middle, back talk in the middle of a game. And he gave some talk back and it was just like nothing. And before I think it would have been such a big thing. Like, oh, yeah. how was that with your guys' teams? Obviously it's easier when you're having success, but I mean, he seemed to grow and just kind of be like, all right, if you want to talk back, I can talk oh. back to you. And then we'll just kind of move on. So that's a great point. I, we always talked about it as players, like, uh, because he's, I think he got better over the years with, and his teams got better with that, or we got better with that because it's just, a, it's just kind of a sign of trust um, to let things go sometimes, you know, and he got really good. Like he got better at that because he does. That's one of his biggest strengths too, that he has everything under control and he plans everything and, he has all all these staff members and he basically does everything himself. Like, and I, I had the privilege to watch him let go a little bit. Um, sorry. Can you hear me? Oh, okay. I had the, I had the privilege of watch observing him letting go a little bit over the years. And I think a lot of that had to do with a plane crash. I don't know, but after that, he was different. He was a different human being. He was a lot more relaxed. Um, and uh, kind of, yeah, it was he hired a defensive coach. I remember that, letting go of the defense and just saying, okay, you take it. And then next year, it was a different defensive coach, and he took it to a whole nother step of saying, okay, you do it, and I'm here, if you need, but, like, it's your, like, your defense. You, you teach all that stuff, and it worked, you know, because yeah. people, there was a certain trust level, and the players would see him trust the coach, and by doing that, we would trust him more, I, I think, and um, we were one game away, you know, so yeah. um, with, with, a, with a talented team, but not as, as talented as the 13-14 team by far. So there was a, it was a very high level of connect, uh, connectiveness or connectivity on that mm -hmm. team, for sure. And he, a lot of, he deserves a lot of credit for that. Yeah, definitely. I think if I remember correctly, I don't know if it was you or maybe another German kid that he was looking at, uh, he was telling me in Novak, he's like, yeah, I'm talking to this kid and had a meeting with him. And he, he called me John. <laughs> it was like, yeah, that's the European way. Like, cause for him, it's coach. I mean, he's been head coach forever. Now yeah, I don't remember yeah. if that was that you calling him John. No, those probably not, but my, my story that he always tells it's, it goes into that direction was on my, so I, I messed up the TOEFL test. You have to like, you have to do a, to a test to get into as an, uh, as a, as an, as a non-English or as an immigrant, basically to make college. You have to make a TOEFL test, and um, it's called TOEFL. And I messed it up. I didn't get the Michigan score, which is really high because Michigan is a really good school. Yeah. So I had to do it again, and I text and I, on the phone when I had to tell him that I failed. I cursed. I was like, "This effing test, <laughs> f this test." And I'm like 17, right? And in Europe, nobody cares. Like we talk like I, I, nobody gives a shit. Yeah. <laughs> And Coach Brion's like, hey, yo, 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 Mo, you can't talk to me like that. You, yeah. you can't do that. But he did it in a very calm manner. I didn't even understand the importance. But when I got to the States, then I understood what he meant. And on literally every recruiting visit, he would tell that story. He thought it was <laughs> of course. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure he'll tell it to the day he dies. Like, <laughs> exactly. No doubt. But I, I do remember cursing the test though, for sure. I was so frustrated. <laughs> I bet you you riled him up quite a few times, like in film practice, whatever. And he has a propensity to call people by the wrong names. And I'm wondering if he ever called you Novak or Douglas. What does he call you? 
So he, it, he would call, I mean, he would call me Novak. He would call Novak Douglas. He would call, he would call Novak like a guy that played for him 15 years ago. Cause he's pissed on him with film. Like, did he ever yeah. do that with you with the, you know, any of us? No, but he would, he would say I'm on Motron again. He did that with Jordan Morgan, I guess that was like Jordan Morgan's thing. Like yes. going on Motron. Yep. It's like a different planet. Yep. And uh, since I'm Mo, he brought it back. So I went to Motron too a couple of times. So. That makes sense. That makes no, a lot he, of sense. Every, he, I mean, yeah, he definitely has his things for players. I guess yeah. that's what coaches do. <laughs> oh, for sure. You, you've had an interesting journey. You know, I, I always tell people like, I wouldn't wish my recruiting on anybody. It was, it was rough. It wasn't easy. And you had to leave your own home country. You know, how hard of that, how hard of a decision was that or easy to leave Alba, leave the, the opportunity to play professionally and then come to college. You know, you've always been very enthusiastic about Michigan. There's never a doubt about that, but was, were you, were you, had, did you have your sights set on that from an early age? So not Michigan in particular, it was mm. more the fact that I wanted to go to college. Um, I definitely my both my parents were doctors, went to, went to uh, universities, my whole family did. So for me, going to a university was always like a goal of mine. I didn't want to be the first one who didn't. So <laughs> I always wanted to study, you know, even though I, I don't really care about school that much right now. But yeah, I'll be honest, I would be a hypocrite if I said I'm like a literate man right now. But um, <laughs> I, uh, yeah, so school was important. I want to go to university and just knowing like the NCAA, the NCAA tournament, knowing the buzz about it and the vibe. I just I always, I don't know, fantasize with that American romantic basketball vibe that you mm -hmm. don't really have over there because you can turn into that professional level pretty quick and you have this dynamic of people making money for a living and living their lives with their families like it's just a quick switch from youth to pro basketball yeah you yeah. i mean fulfilled that college dream and in, in a way like not many people do i mean you grew up in germany you had this long dream of playing like a national championship game i, I had that dream too and never got past the second round so you like how did you feel sitting in that locker room before that championship game? Like, holy shit, like, this is everything I've been wanting since, I, since I've been a kid thinking about this. Yeah, unreal. I mean, for, like, exactly, like, you, I, I remember being, when we were, after the first game in the Final Four, I was in the, in the hotel room with my parents because they got a hotel room, the same hotel, and we couldn't go outside, obviously, because everybody, like, would swarm us um as a team so we we were just literally hide somehow in like a good way right it was like super exciting but like I remember like talking to my parents and we were like dude like if I could have written down a story how it could have gone my college experience like it couldn't have been better than this yeah and in, in my wildest dreams I couldn't have written that down so to have that like click and to understand, holy, sh like we actually doing this right now together is, is special, man. It was really cool. And also knowing that it's really hard to get there, you know, like you, you can take credit for that. You can be very proud as that, um, as a team to do that, um, to grow that close, to make it that far. It's really hard. So, um, that was a hell of a ride, but also the two years before that, like we were one shot away from making it to the elite eight, you know, yeah. And, and and play North Carolina in that North Carolina Kansas Kansas no 
North Carolina in the final, Kansas in the in the in the in which uh, in Kansas City. So, like we are close that my sophomore year too. So those are all great runs, and um, I will always think of that for sure. So I'm interested in what you know, like Alba or maybe some other team maybe offered you uh, before you decided to go to college that may, maybe enticed you to, to stay overseas, stay back, stay back in Germany. No, for sure. Um, like it was, it was a big deal in terms of just cause nobody had really done that at that point to go through the whole program, because most of these players, they start in like, other regional clubs and then they join Alba Berlin which is like the biggest team in Berlin but they start somewhere else and I started at Alba just because I lived so close so I was kind of the first guy to ever go through the whole youth program um, and uh, it was kind of a big deal honestly like it was like okay this is our guy um, it wasn't more it wasn't really about the money it was more about the opportunity to be that guy that did that Mm-hmm. Um, so it was a huge deal. They counted a lot on me. They, yeah, they basically, I mean, I, it sounds corny to say that, but like a face of that youth program. Um, and, yeah. um, I was going to do it, man. I, I, I was all in. I was so excited about it. I was in the pro team as a 16 year old, like practicing with the pros and like the coach loved me. I wasn't playing much, but I learned so much. And it, I just saw myself there it's at home so i love that life not going to school and just practice twice a day it was cool um and then yeah coach b9 kind of effed up my plans or made them happen better uh he like i cut a, i cut it together a video i told that already i think and then uh, he recruited me um and i was like okay college or that and i had to make a decision it took me forever and i I think it was like Easter when I like announced it that I'm going to Michigan. So um, it took me a long ass time to decide. <laughs> no, I, I can only imagine leaving home like that and, you know, being a part of a, a big club like that, that'd be the yeah. worst decision time of my life. But yeah. I mean, it's, it's amazing that you picked Michigan, honestly. Um, and, and, you know, Franz did the same thing. And you've talked before about how you've helped Franz, how you helped uh, your brother through the whole process. But I'm interested now with, you both going through the whole draft process and not many brothers go through that. You know, what, what was something that you picked up from the draft process that you could bestow upon him that you could, uh, you know, you were excited to, to help him learn that nobody else really taught you about? Well, I mean, it's, I think it's such an advantage for him to have somebody in his team, basically that in his camp that went through it himself because Asians, obviously they go through it every year, but, they don't live it like as a right. player, you just live through it. Um, and I know him really well too. So I kind of know what he likes to do and what <laughs> is important for him. I think, I mean, the most important thing that I always tell him is that he doesn't get too tense about the result and to rather just enjoy the process. Like and it sounds so American and so corny, but like just <laughs> have, not German at all. No, like have fun with it. Like, it's not going to come back again, that draft process. It comes, somehow you got to embrace it that you got to be on the grind for three and a half months and not going to do any vacation and probably not going to go out much and just fly around for teams. Like that's yeah. never going to happen again. And if you know that, it's a lot easier to get on the plane again and go to San Antonio and work out for them and then go to Golden State, work out for them and then work out in the morning in LA. Like just because you know it's never going to happen again. So 
knowing that and having had that experience already, I think I could tell him a lot that there's a certain sense of urgency to enjoy this. And I think he did a great job and obviously landed at a great place. And now we live together, we play together. And um, it's, a, it's a cool opportunity for my family um, and for our family uh, to get together as much in a, in a life where that really isn't a given um, to be right. together with your family. So um, I'm very excited about this opportunity and can't wait for Christmas and those things where you're just together with the family. Yeah, no, it's the best. Is that is that German stereotype true? Like very uh, machine-like, regimented, like, did you grow up like that? And then you kind of like unlearned some stuff when you got to America or how was that? My parents are a bad example because my parents are like super, like, I don't know, they're, they just do whatever they want. Like they're, they live in their own world, which is a mm -hmm. great thing. But Germany is a very, um, it, it annoys me. It's a very strict, we do it our way type thing. And we can't really understand people that aren't doing that. And Interesting. Uh, it's all about rules. And if you don't do rules, like, like the American identity is so different. Like that's why, uh, that my, yeah, I identified so much more with that. My American identity of like, I'll just going to have two bags and going to start my new life here in America and you're just going to make it happen. And it's going to work somehow. We'll figure it out. I'll just, figure out a solution in germany you would have to go there and ask and then then get a, a, a i don't know get a get somebody to do that and it's just so much stuff you have to do i don't know it's just feels so complicated in germany everything so um yeah it's very like strict now i remember uh i think it was martin keimer the golfer he won like the us open or some major and they're like yeah you know the stereotype about germans is you know, we're machine-like and robots. And he's like, yeah, well, sometimes it works really well. And, you know, you can make good cars and maybe oh, make some good golf golfers. But, you know, maybe for a kid going to America playing basketball, it's not quite the same uh, mindset he should have. Well, and uh, I wouldn't like just talk bad about it. For me, also, it helped me a lot, obviously, like sure. in terms of discipline. Like, I, I remember, like, in the basketball, I never played more than 20, 25 minutes in youth games, right? Like, people come over here. Yeah, they come to college and they score like 50 points in high school. I'm like, bro, I never scored more than 22 points. It's my high score ever. Like, uh, it's just so everybody is contributing. Everybody and everything is involved. Um, it's not about the hero or zero thing. It's more about everybody. It's it's supposed to be morally right, ethically right. Like all this stuff has all the boxes have to be checked. So um, it's not just do it. You know, so yeah. it's a different mindset, but it also like taught me in France. Sometimes like we have habits that other people don't have. And then also sometimes we're a little stuck up and Americans just go straight up. So it's like you got to find a mix between the boat, yeah. between the two. Yeah, it is always a mix. That's what I've loved about playing overseas and seeing, experiencing all yeah. that is you can get some of that life and bring it into yourself and it really helps your game so much. No, it's the best about different cultures, I think. Yeah, for sure. So I got three, we do three quick questions at the end and then we'll get you out of here. Uh, number one, I ask everyone about their final game. So you had that final game in college, lost to Villanova in the championship. What were you feeling in that locker room sitting there? You, 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 you just lost, you're walking back in the locker room, you sit down in your locker. What is your immediate feeling? Like, and, and take me through that, that whole sort of uh, next 10, 15 minutes. Well, I mean, when you remember that game, it was like, 
it was pretty much we got blown out in the second half. So obviously there's a huge feeling of frustration mm-hmm. um, that this was a team. It was a loaded ass team. And we had no, we had a chance, but we were probably beating it one out of 10 times. And that wasn't the day. Um, yeah, too good. So it was like frustrated a little bit. Um, but then also, I don't know. I mean, if you've ever been there, but like this, this feeling of like relief, like after mm-hmm. a long season with so much, but you don't even feel how much pressure is on you. And we were winning too. So like the pressure kept going and it was so much fun, so much, so many impressions, so many people like are in your, in your head and like talking to you and then like adore you in those three weeks in the tournament. Like <laughs> once that is all over, it's like a big relief. Like I don't have to show up and practice on Monday. Like f you, you know I'll do whatever the fuck I want now for a week. Excuse my language, but like, no, it's a it's a big relief too. I remember there's one picture of me and Mohammed driving a golf cart to the media, and obviously we're super frustrated. But I like I can see in our faces how we are relieved too, in a sense. Um, so yeah, that was just wasn't the day, and I I tried not to think about whether this would be my last game or not. Um. But I, I will say that I, when I hugged Coach Beeline walking out, like I, I could sense that this might have been it. Just because I feel like there's so much pressure to get. Sorry, can you hear me? Yep. Yeah. It's it's uh it's so much it's so hard to get there to the national championship no. game, like to go there again. It's just I don't know. I mean, if you do that, what North Carolina did that that is holy. That 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 championship should count double. To yeah. Me when they lost to Villanova and then come back the next year, yeah. it's just so hard, man. So, um, I I, I yeah, that would have been. I don't know if I could have done that mentally. So, for me, I I did sense that uh, I might have. I might that this might have been it. Yeah, I mean, unknowingly, it kind of been could have been sense of relief to be done with college and that whole process and I remember we lost we got upset by Ohio in the first round my senior year and we got off the plane in Ann Arbor and Mrs. B comes up and she's like you know everyone's very disappointed because we you know want to share the Big Ten and we thought we were at least going to make the Sweet 16 it was my year to make the Sweet 16 at least I'd never done it anyways we lose get back home and Miss B comes up and he's like she's like you must be uh, pretty relieved that it's all done and I was like like looked at her like what like yeah I guess I am like that I do have a ma- massive sense of relief like you have this whole buildup of pressure for your whole all of your college career right. and you get to like a pinnacle moment and it's done and it's like okay now I can move on like it's scary to move on but it is nice at the same time no one I still it still haunts me though I will I'm not gonna lie like oh yeah it's a lot of stuff that didn't that didn't go right in my career but that's probably what's keeping me up the most um that I didn't that we didn't know in that game or just the just the possibilities like w- what would have been if we won that game just like the the thought you know like that could have been crazy but no you'll be you'll it, be, it wasn't the case so it's, it's all good be like taking a piss in a urinal like 15 years from now thinking about like some shot you missed in the villanova game you're like oh what the hell well that w- one shot wouldn't have been enough but <laughs> that's true we probably, I mean, Dante DiVincenzo came out and had like 40 on us. So we don't, this guy averaged like 12 points haunting. and yet 40 against us. That's a taunting. It's like, yeah, we just, yeah, we should have started blitzing him coming out of the, 
I don't know, first time out, probably. Yeah. I don't know. Like, that's probably the game plan that we should have done. I don't know. But you don't blitz. You came no. with the bench. No, hell so no. It was different. It's just different. It wasn't the day, you know. It wasn't supposed to be. No, that's true. That's true. All right, two more questions. One quick hitter. Skeeps or Ricks? Skeeps. Easy. Yep. You know, I asked not- your brother. I asked your brother, and I, I let him, uh, you know, I let him get off the hook a little bit. I said, you know, you're underage. You don't have to answer. And he's like, no, skeeps. It definitely skeeps. I was yeah, like, yeah. Be fun. Uh, I, do, I do have good relationships. I like play both places, though. But I will say that we, we had practices Saturdays most of the time. So uh, we didn't really go or, yeah, we didn't really go out Fridays. I'm not going to lie. We, no, it was yeah. just not. The older crowd, too, so. Oh, this is what I wanted to ask you. I was listening to you and Duncan on the pod, and you said something about eating food at Skeeps, and I had never eaten food in my entire life at Skeeps. That was I was being sarcastic. Okay, was, uh, all right. I was like, "What the hell is going on here?" I would, I, you couldn't pay me to eat food there. <laughs> I was like, "I don't even know if they have food. I'm pretty sure it's just beer." No, I, uh, I don't know. I hope they food. don't. But you could not pay me to eat food there. No, not that not, was very sarcastic. I don't yeah. know. That probably didn't. Is that dry right? humor? See, I don't, I don't know you well enough yet. That's that's. <laughs> yeah. Right, last last one. What is one thing that you learned at your time at Michigan that you still carry with you to this day? Who one thing? Like something that sticks out. It could be a couple things, but. Well, okay, I'll I'll tell you one thing, and um. This might sound corny too, but I've learned this in the league, obviously too, but I was prepared because I just came out of that environment at Michigan. And it was more that even though everything is organized for you and everything is kind of clear cut out for you, like in terms of scheduling, what you need to do in order to be successful, all that stuff, even though that is all there and you literally just have to copy this cheat sheet. Mm-hmm or have to do what's on the schedule, you're going to get out what you put in. So everything, like, you, it, it does matter if you want to do certain stuff. It does matter if you commit to it. It does matter if you do your extra shots. It does matter if you go to stu- – like, study hall is, is a weird example because you always act like, yeah, we want to go to school, and actually we don't. Let's mm-hmm. be real. But it, it really – it's all self-initiative. Like – the trainer can tell you, okay, you have to do the norm attack once a week. But, like, if you actually hurt and you're not doing anything against it, like, the trainer can't help you. So, things like that, it's all – you've got to figure it out for yourself because everybody's different too. And that's one thing that I've really learned, that even though there is somebody that will help you control everything and it's going to cut everything out for you, like Coach Beeline, who was really good at that, yeah. and sometimes a little annoying with that, that he is very intense – like it's all a self initiative, man. You like you got to know you. You know yourself best. You do what's good for you, and um, you have to do that. You have to find a routine. So that's something I've learned at Michigan over the course of the years, and figured it out my junior year. Um, and I still have that. Really, I like I do. I have a very clear set routine. I know what's good for me. I know what I need to do. Obviously, changed in the pros because it's just so much more. Yeah. But um, just knowing that that process is important i've learned that in college yeah no all that little stuff adds up it's a it's a very important lesson to learn learn early on yeah well mo i appreciate it man for anybody who's still listening to this 
this interview cut out about three or four times. Mo had to come back the second day, obviously, if you didn't pay attention to camera work. So, man, <laughs> I, I really appreciate it. It was a lot of fun, and hopefully we can no uh, talk down the line again soon. Yeah, I'd love to. I appreciate you, Sue. Thanks for having me, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good luck with everything. Michigan legend right there. Coach Bino would always talk about you and Novak, so. That, that can't be right. I don't believe you whatsoever. <laughs> no, you always talk about you guys and no, like I'm a German kid. I'm like, who are these people? So I had to like get like, who is he talking? About? Like, I, I I had no clue about Michigan at first, right? Yeah, Honestly, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, all I knew was the Trey Burke game uh, against Louisville. Of course, like that's all I knew. Yeah. So, uh, I like made my I did my due diligence, my homework, and ever since then, you guys are legends to me. You're making the uh, old guy feel very proud. Thank you. I appreciate that, Mo. I no, that. no, thanks for having me, man. Yeah, man. Anytime. <laughs> we'll talk later. I appreciate it.